listening to Pick Hard Talk exclusively on the Pod Station. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Picard Talk. This week is episode nine, Et in Arcadia Ergo. Did you just insert an R there for the sake of doing it? Yeah, part one. (laughs) Once again, the two marks delivering an irreverent review, providing you lively debate, conversation, and social commentary. Shields are down. With unlimited data, we are streaming our way to you. Delay that order off takeout food and lay in a course as we transport our latest episode to you. Will tertiary adjunct of Unimatrix 01 turn up again for a brief moment, just as she is needed, and then borg her off again? Will we have more Shadvaj holding on to a green hula hoop? Will we see a facilities management emergency hologram to assist emptying the bins on the mermaid? Will we finally see Soji's homeworld on a Y-class planet surrounded by sand and tornadoes with a small house or a well in the middle of nowhere? Or will we see Kylo Ren find trousers that fit his waist and not his armpits? Oh, hang on. Wrong show. <laughs> All this and more will be unpacked in, in this week's episode. Let me introduce my friend and co-host. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Hiya. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> They're getting longer. Your intros. <laughs> You're putting more and more pressure on me to say something witty. I'm just going to try. I'm going to keep going. Yeah. I'm going to have you... I'll stick with one word, one syllable. I think your intros are getting shorter. It'll yeah. just be, huh? Oh. <laughs> Hi, everyone. How are you? I'm good. How are you, mate? I'm all right. I can't complain. Thank you. All well. We're heading into the home straight now. We are, yes. And um, well, for the listeners, we've literally just watched the latest episode. Yeah, and it's just me and you today. It is. We're back to our two the two marks yes slightly weird not having people around well there's the voices in my head if that counts that's true so you're always with people yeah what do you think mark they liked it (laughs) all of you (laughs) yeah all of me kind of liked it I think I liked it. I don't know. You know, I hate being correct about my predictions on stuff because it either means it's lazy writing or I'm way too, too intelligent. And from past experience, I know I'm not the latter. So I tend to find that if I get things right on the TV show, it's because of lazy. I like to be surprised. I like to be proven wrong because it keeps you guessing. It means that when you fall into that habit of thinking, oh, it's all going to be all right, or they're going to be fine, or they're going to get out of it. A bit like the Game of Thrones thing where yeah. you never knew who's going to survive from episode to episode i kind of want that in the show because i like to be kept on my toes i like to have that personal investment of worrying about whether my favorite characters are going to survive or whether they are going to get away with it or mm. you know all those kind of things yeah and i do game I've, of thrones changed the way you looked at television didn't it you never knew who was surviving and who wouldn't yeah exactly mm. and i just feel picard has dangerously aired into that that arena of yeah we saw this coming we kind of know what's going to happen from this point onwards is that just them feel a bit of a damp squid because once you get over the nostalgia yes of picard and seeing all your favorite characters back again is it just a really obvious standard tv show yeah you've almost got picard fatigue and you've gone okay we now know he's either a dick or isn't a dick well he's now he's back to his usual no self. he's not dick now no, is it we, no, we've rebooted him we love him again yeah which i think you mentioned while we were watching the episode that it seemed it might have been deliberate rather than us falling into the oh this is our picard and throughout the whole of this season we're still looking through those rose tinted glasses they've made us take them off give them a clean and put them back Back on on again again. which is great because that's kept us invested in that character and i'm feeling a lot happy that he's he's almost been redeemed a bit like commodore with the sunglasses on yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> we'll unpack it and see whether I feel the same at the end. Well, we'll find out when we have your scores on the doors. The thing I thought was that because you're an avid Star Trek fan, it's probably not poor writing. It could just be that because we know a lot of other Star Trek canon that you can make a presumption. Well, I think pretty much at the very beginning when we found about the synthetics and this belief that they would be the destroyers of the world, I'm pretty certain, I can't remember which episode it was, pretty certain my abnomition, abnomition, whatever the friggin' hell it is. The hoop. Yeah, I had one where I predicted that the synthetics were going to be the bad guys, okay. even though we think they're the good guys and that the Romulans who are the bad guys might actually turn to be the good guys. I just had this belief that it probably is likely to be the case and lo and behold, it looks like we're heading in that direction. Seems to be. I mean, one of the things I mentioned last week was a theory. It was wrong, but it was part right. I thought Noonien soon was going to be or him or his wife and it turns out another child has been born. Who looks exactly the same, funnily enough. Genetic chain has not changed at all across generations. Quick question though. Mm. How did he make his son? Because mum or wife Wife. Wife was an android. Yeah. So he must have had a biological partner at some point. He would have had the biological version of his wife before she died and I suspect it's probably that time. But there was no mention that he had a son in no. any of the statue. This is something that's this just been retconned. landed on us, hasn't is, it? Yeah, this has been retconned to allow <laughs> fat data. Fat data to, well, fat nooning soon to, to come to back. <laughs> He's not canon at all, so what we're going to have to do is dispel belief and understand that at some point there was some candlelight sliding down corridors with his wife before she became an android and then left him. <laughs> and of course we know that Star Trek fans are famously good at overlooking canon and history. They don't miss a trick, do they? No. You just have to accept it's happened, guys. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> Straight onto the Twitter sphere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah. Just things before we go into this. I do this on the our sister show that people will be tuning into very soon. We keep promising it, but trust us, when we get Picard out the way, it'll be... Is that when you finished editing it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we'll we be... drew lots and he got the short one disco fever indeed one of the things i tend to do is that normally the title of the show gives a bit more background or at least a little bit of a clue to what it might be about the name of the title et in arcadia ego or ego depending on if you speak latin and i clearly don't me neither i speak english poorly fluently I do it dead wells. <laughs> it's a source that isn't particularly known, but it first came into currency in the development of the architecture of linguistics in the 17th century in Italy, where it served as a shorthand for a sentiment which could be rendered as, even in Arcadia, I, death can be found, or, and I too in Arcadia. Just a little thing there. And also, another thing from last week, Matt asked the question, if you remember, about why the holograms were able to touch things. So I did some checking for the benefit of our listeners, and also to just stop people screaming at us. The reason why they can touch things is because holograms are both light and layered force field. Plus, with the Doctor in Voyager, they installed subroutines that allowed him to alter his physical state, which meant he could be solid or pass through things. So if we understand that that Voyager comes before Picard, that they've obviously, or somehow along the lines, improved upon that. Consider yourself edumacated, Matt. Indeed. Answered. Star Trek world. Asked and answered. Boom. We'll do the socials. Cool. We haven't had many comments because the episode got out a little bit later than normal just because it was a huge one wasn't sorry it? listeners blame Matt for that we did a poll on Twitter which we will do again this week so you can let us know what your thoughts were on the episode and suffice to say 50% of the votes thought that it was a decent episode didn't think it was brilliant that was 24% and 13% 
thought it was crap and 13% of it thought it was alright. Okay, but 50%'s not bad, is it? It's not too bad at all. It was a decent episode. It did answer a lot of things. Yeah, I mean... It just wasn't a showstopper, was it? No, not really. If you want to do a vote, get yourself onto our Twitter page. It's at Picard Talk. We're also on Instagram and Facebook, so we're always posting stuff on there. Give us your comments, give us your views, let us know. We want to do it. We want to read them out. <laughs> we want to let the world know what you think. I should give a shout out to my sister because when Seven of Nine first popped up many, many, many episodes ago, she sent me a message saying she was super excited that Seven turned up and I didn't see the message. So bless her. Oh no. Um, no, I know. Poor old Shelly. Sorry about that, sis. You've got your shout out now. I have now switched on my notifications so I will not miss the next one. Is this for friends and family notifications? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Always muted. Yeah. Do you know what the problem is? There's that many ways in which people can get all of you with messenger and whatsapp and bloody social media and emails it's like i never know where to look anymore do you know what we live in a world where there's more connectivity than ever before and people are more ignorant yeah i get ghosted by more people with the fact that we have 10 different ways to speak to each other and they just ignore you (laughs) on all of them (laughs) on all of them (laughs) sorry about that shelly get in touch let's know how can they get hold of us Uh, they can email as well at picard talk at the podstation.co.uk subscribe to our shows we're on all the major platforms if you go to the podstation.co.uk uk you can find our show page and there's links to all of the platforms it'll take you to the pages where you just click subscribe on your phone and then every time we upload a new episode it'll just automatically download onto your device so, so you'll know it's there it'll be sitting there so while you're all self-contained from the coronavirus nice. um, the podcast will be dropping onto your phone and keeping you entertained that's wonderful so you can hear us coughing. This is a public service, people. We are doing you a public service, and you will be grateful. And the way of showing that, of course, is by giving us five-star reviews. And also, signing up to our Patreon site. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash the podstation. Give us some pennies. Forward slash COVID-19. Because <laughs> we all need pennies these days, because the world's gone to shit. Well, I need to put petrol in the generator to keep our bunker operational. <laughs> the podstation bunker. We can't do these shows if we're dead people. And we can't do them to people who are also dead and to be honest we can't do them anyway the level of competency is always in question but you know we go with it I'm going to blame the disease <laughs> I've all been shit yeah <laughs> fair enough that is a life lesson learned I'm struggling to breathe when I do these things <laughs> that's all the social medias give us your comments I want loads to read because next week's the finale let's find out what your thoughts are on the big finale we are going to do a show that does a full seasonal review so we'd be inviting you to let us know what your thoughts are so we can read them out but it's the big one next week, people. Come on. Yeah. Unlike Amazon, we're giving you 11 shows. <laughs> and they're longer than an hour each. Yeah, we are giving you the full bonus of this now. Don't let us down. And we guarantee that there'll be a season two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there will. With Fat Guinan, Fat Q. We haven't got Fat Q anymore. Fat Data. All the fatties, including us. <laughs> Very good. So, shall I give you this week's synopsis, sir? Please do. Two marks, deep delve. So, yeah, thank you. The synopsis this week. Following an unconventional and dangerous transit, Picard and the crew finally arrive at Soji's homeworld, Copulus. However, with Romulan warbirds on their tail, their arrival brings only greater danger as the crew discovers more than expected about the planet's inhabitants. Discuss. So where do we want to start with this? Because we previously sort of meandered through characters and things, but it's quite difficult here because all the characters kind of get little bits. It's actually quite a story-thready type episode, isn't it? We do sometimes jump around. 
around the episode, don't we? Yeah, we do. I know Matt last week literally went to the end of the show and then we just went back. There's no real format other than your brief notes on a tea towel. Well, I suppose, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> tell you what, let's run through this in order of the episode. We rack up at Capellius and we start with a, a space fight. Quite a shit one, I have to be honest. There wasn't an awful lot going on, really. There wasn't much fighting, was there? There wasn't much fighting. It was a bit standard. But we had Agnes crying. Well... She was under the table, wasn't she? Yeah. Fretting and probably crying, because mm. that's what she likes to do. Be under a table. And it only sort of got me a bit more interested when when Rafi, who I have to say had some beautiful lines in this episode, points <laughs> out that there's some space flowers <laughs> yeah. coming, coming towards them as bogeys. <laughs> I thought, yeah, I like that. Yeah. And it's the way she delivers the line as well. There's, there's that facetious, sarcastic... Doesn't give a shit. Doesn't give a shit yeah. kind of approach to it, which just... It, Happy with that. I mean, sometimes it's difficult to deliver these sorts of lines, but this actress seems to regularly just serve them up exactly how they would probably be said by a normal person. Who doesn't give a in shit? In a natural conversation. Yeah. Like, I mean, the writing's quite good, actually, isn't it? In terms of each of the characters seems to have a good chunk of dialogue, which works well with the story. I mean, not particularly the narrative sometimes, but in terms of their character. I actually thought that this had some really funny lines in it, this episode. Yeah, it was back to one of the classic episodes where it wasn't taken itself too seriously and was able to deliver some comedy moment. It even took a bit of a Marvel approach. You know, we've got some like heavy, Guardians of Galaxy. Yeah, some heavy storylines which are mm. interspersed with pretty light-hearted moments. Yeah, Marvel did that really well, actually. So the space scene was a bit rubbish. Narek's ship was pretty much immobilised almost quickly. instantly. And then the Borg Cube turned up, which was handy. Which also then was very quickly destroyed. <laughs> My question is, what did those flowers do that caused the ships to then crash land? Was it the flower things that made them crash land? Okay, so I don't know what they are. I don't I don't think there are anything in canon that I'm familiar with apart from looking like Triffids. Orchids that Rios said that orchids. Yeah. What I thought they were was the transition from space into the... I get what you're saying. You thought they were being sent to assist people to get onto the planet but yeah. that I don't think was the case. They're a defence system because later on in the episode they're talking about they've only got 25 of these flowers to deal with the 200 Romulan ships okay. that were on the way. I think they are a defence mechanism okay. and I think they've disabled the ships which has then cause them to crash, crash. land ah, into okay. the, in, onto the planet. That makes sense. I wasn't sure whether they were a defence system, but when they were established that they're not a threat, they kind of gently led them through. But, but it makes sense what you're saying. But that's one hell of a piece of technology. Bearing wow. in mind, it just disabled a Borg cube in the blink of an eye. Well, exactly, because the Borg is absolutely shat-vaged, isn't it? It is now. <laughs> when you said about the, the flower being like an orchid, do we have anything where Nuning Soon was trying to replicate an orchid? Is there anything in that? Do you remember anything? No. See, because on first glance, I don't remember anything of those. But then I'm trying to think, is has or in the past, has Nuning soon started with simple DNA, such as plants, to as his building blocks for moving on to other synthetic stuff? So he's cloned and made flowers first? I don't know. I found all of that a little bit weird because they were saying that they'd only built one ship or only had one ship, and that had been the one which was destroyed when it went to Rios's Starfleet ship. The Hibmajid. Which feels a bit weird, bearing in mind you've got a load of synths who have the the 
technology who have the strength and the know-how to build it mm. maybe they didn't have the materials but they seem to have come up with a way of building the flowery things yeah it's they obviously have something and well they've got houses and they've got a pretty decent like yeah what does Rafi call it synthville yeah so they've been they built synthville haven't they yeah so they've obviously got something to use although i did say last week that i thought it might be a sandy planet which it looked like it was until the the synthville. oasis <laughs> and then yeah until the oasis in the desert was synthville which seems to be pretty decent yeah just didn't really explain why they've been so enclosed from the wider no world although i guess if synths have been made illegal you can understand why they've hidden away but on that basis if they feel like they may become under threat if anyone ever finds them why they haven't created more defense Makes systems sense, yeah. seems a bit yeah narrow-minded well, doesn't it really 25 flowers against an armada of ships is hardly the, the best defense system is it no exactly and then as we're crash landing down picard has a weird moment where he i thought he had a stroke out yeah, yeah he, i got possessed for a minute didn't he yeah and then uh, he wakes up in the sick bay with dr gerati holding a tricorder there was loads of callbacks to yeah. next gen wasn't this it looked like a different design though i don't know it wasn't because yeah the little pop-out thing on the top right. that she'd put away. I thought it was just an older version of a newer... No, I think it was. Do you think next gen? Yeah. And then she relays to Picard thinking he doesn't know he's dying, that he's dying, only for Picard to go, it's all right, love, I already know. To which Gerati, who's known Picard for less than five minutes and has had to face the fact that Picard wanted her to turn herself in yeah. for life imprisonment for killing her lover, mm. starts to cry, which we all do when we find out somebody... We don't know. Uh, <laughs> Who's going to put dying. you away for life? Because, of course, it's never nice people are dying, and it's never nice having to tell people to die, and God forbid I ever have to do that. However, the crime machine that is Dr. Girati wasn't prepared to let us down no. with turning on the old waterworks again. I would rather have more screen time with Seven of Nine than more tear time. I've decided she's got a resting cry face. <laughs> That's pretty good. Thank you. I'm here all week. <laughs> hey. They rack up at Synthville. <laughs> I also, before they set off to Synthville, Raffi also ploughed in another quality line where uh, she's getting the phaser all set up. Oh, yeah. And she hands it to Soji and she goes, that's in case your evil Romulan ex-boyfriend turns up. So I was like, yeah, yeah bitch. Yeah. Get out. Ben. Yeah. They obviously trope off to Synthville. I thought it was the stereotypical next generation humanoid style plan. Yeah. Style. I mean, how many places have we been where it's nice, it's sunny, they live in those kind of buildings, nobody's got any clothes on. In fact, I pointed out to you at one point there was a flash of somebody's bum cheeks because their outfits were so lacking. I think this comes down to the whole uniform budget shortage issue. Yeah, again. Because none of the fellas had any tops on. Walking around with just trousers. Yeah. We come up to a next-gen Tai Chi callback, which, of course, Worf and Troy and Gang always do all the little... I'm doing that for the benefit of the listeners i'm oh you're moving sorry for the listeners yeah he's he's moving you're telling people that you're doing it for the benefit but not explaining what you're doing no (laughs) i did qualify previously that competency wasn't that strong suit for the listeners he's doing tai chi moves but i don't think they are tai chi moves i think he's just doing the macarena i'm just moving (laughs) yeah Rios gets to show off I have to say Rios's ball skills and I don't mean that as a sexual innuendo his football skills are pretty good he's got a nice touch on him his keepy uppies are pretty tight a ball roll well something that looks like a ball rolls over he does a couple of uh, cheeky little keepy uppies and then whacks the ball off in some face go get that synth (laughs) into the desert we turn up and I think it's clear now to see throughout the course of this 
episode what Maddox has been up to. Yeah. I've got a couple of questions. Ooh. The first one is, how did Maddox know about this planet? I don't have the definitive answer, but I, I think might... he already knew I was in contact with Sung. I think what was said in a previous episode was that he was communicating with Sung. Yeah, okay. Which would make sense because they both shared that love. I think he has. Now, I think else we've got to fill in the blanks because there's no actual canon episodes to this. Well, it's safe to say that Sung has been knocking out those data. Oh, uh, he's Busy, hasn't he? He's been firing them out like there's no tomorrow because you can see the development in the quality of the aesthetics of the synthetics. Yeah. Because we've Been obviously busy. got the earlier models yeah. who have the yellow eyes the and weird the fake tanny gold tint and the dodgy yeah. eyes, unlike Soji. Yeah, Soji. Yeah, so yeah, no, she does. She's the next generation, isn't she? Yeah, so you can see that development. Well, I think actually the other thing we is which is gonna be a prediction for me with this self-isolation is the birth rate's gonna go up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's no, true. Nothing on telly. Dr. Soon probably had something similar whilst he was on his hideaway and he's going, nothing else to do. I've created all the androids now. Well, they clearly didn't teach them decorum because the first thing that the android does is walk right up to Picard and starts fondling the, the elderly. <laughs> like rubbing his wrinkles. Going, oh, these lines tell a story. It's like, dude, I'm old. I get it. Get the fuck yeah. off me, please. You wouldn't have that happen in, in, in Asda, would you? Well, we thought we was going to start grabbing all of his wrinkly bits and start commenting on them. Count them like a ring on a tree. <laughs> <laughs> no, we covered rings in the last episode. That's right, yeah. That was a, a little bit odd. And then Sung's fat son turns up. Yeah, literally fat data, fat Sung, just together. Data's Sung, back. Sung. Sung, Sung. Sung Sung. How do you feel about the Sung thing? Do you feel this is just a job for the boys? Because that's how it felt for me with the Sung part. Do you, what you mean? It's just been shoehorned in or? Yeah, it's like we desperately want to get the guy who played Data into this season, but we can't have him as Data because... He's dead. He can't be Data. Uh, yeah, A, because he's dead. Yeah. And B, because he won't look like Data anymore. No. We obviously can't have him as the original Dr. Noonien Sung. Because he's also probably dead now. Because well I think he, he was died actually one of the episodes Probably, he yeah. was like super mega old yeah, yeah. that unleaves us to what crowbar in the sun thing yeah because law is gone before in the drawer isn't it? Before's in the drawer. He's in the sock drawer. Yeah. Before's in the drawer, who also has put on a bit of poundage. Well, I think probably while he's been in the drawer, he's probably been eating all the crumbs that have been left from biscuits and stuff, been left in the biscuit drawer. <laughs> Data's dead, as you say. It does feel that they've retconned this in, doesn't it? They've gone, we've literally seen Data for 35 seconds just to give some narrative. And now they're going, oh, we are, we'll have the son of Nooning soon in, which we don't know anything about. And as soon as he turned up, all my alarm bells in my head started ringing because the original Doctor Tanunian song wasn't exactly a good guy. Not at all, no. When he opened his mouth and started talking about Maddox, it was the high esteem with which he held Maddox, who, even if you've just watched this season, I think you could probably comfortably conclude was a dick. Yeah. If you've read the prequel book. Have I mentioned that? No, I don't think you have. I mean, if you were, I mean, you're probably getting sponsored for saying it. I mean, <laughs> must have earned books by now. But if you may have stumbled across that, you'll know he's a dick. And if you've watched Next Gen in that single episode when he's measure trying of to... Measure a man. Cl- yeah, measure yeah. of a man when he's trying to claim data as a piece of property, mm. he's also a dick. When you've got some 
holding Maddox in quite high regard, almost as a person, not just as a scientist. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, if your morals are anything like Maddox, we're going to have ourselves a little bit of a problem here. And that's definitely the vibe I was getting from him, even before we got a bit further along in this story. I agree, that was much more the, the same thing I had, really, because of the history. Rightly or wrongly, I've prejudiced myself against him because of that. And Maddox, as you say, without reading the book... The I've read it, yeah. Have you? Okay, yeah. cool. Thanks for letting me know. Maddox from, not just Measure of the Man, it's implied from that episode that he's followed him through Starfleet and each step of the way wanted to dissect him, take him apart and things like that. So between the two of them, with the histories they've got in their family and in past canon, not good. Yeah, and then those alarm bells were confirmed as being accurate when evil sexy Soji turned up who's called Sutra, as in Karma Sutra, because the outfit's obviously a little bit more bendy yes. and hungry, as I found out, because there's a part of it... I that, missed that bit. There's a part of it that's getting eaten, <laughs> put it that way. Anyone who's heard that phrase before will know exactly, and if you're not, Google it, you'll figure it out, and hopefully you'll laugh. Yeah, Urban Dictionary. It cost £45, and £25 of it was upper. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the bit that could have probably covered a fella's top. Indeed. But when she turned up, I was like, yep, bad Soji. That's what we've got. You did, actually, in fairness. You she, did, sir. She was like that sexy but dark and mean. Like a ten, like a femme fatale. Yeah, she was. That's yeah. exactly what she was. When she rocked up and she was all cool and calm but pretty, you know, I knew that it was all going a bit Pete Tong at that point. And for someone who hasn't read the book, having had the flashbacks... <laughs> of the Mars incident didn't particularly find myself gravitating to the synths anyway rightly or wrongly I'm sure they've justifiably killed people however still innocent in the whole scheme of things well the synths on Mars were very much the basic robot synth to do a job Mm. and we now know that they did what they did because they were programmed to do so by the Romulans so you can't really hold them accountable and we figured that out quite early on that they will have been manipulated to have done that these synths, we haven't known anything about them because nope. we've never come across them before, have we? We didn't really know what to expect. And being long life Star Trek fans, you always know that things are never what they necessarily seem at the outset. Agreed. So during Next Gen, there was plenty of planets where they turned up and they had the poor and the well-off sides of the society with the well-off ones being all nice and friendly and saying that the less well-off ones were all reprobate criminals who had to be kept very arms length because they were dangerous and actually over the course of the episode you found out that the reason why the reprobate poor society ones were fighting for their lives was because the rich society ones were controlling everything and basically keeping the status quo as was mm. and it turned out they were the bad guys not the ones who you thought in the fit so this isn't something that we've not come across no. before in star trek and so it didn't surprise me and still doesn't you always do have to take a step back and that's again we've said this so many times the well-written approach that next generation took and in fact deep space nine and voyager you shouldn't take things on face value because you immediately align yourself don't you to someone go i think he's great as you step back and you go oh okay it's not as clean cut yeah it just felt that way Mm. as soon as she came onto the scene i just felt that the only reason they would have another version of soji on there would be to give us that heads up that shit's gonna go wrong at some point yeah and surely it did the other thing I found really interesting is Picard has known the universe over, isn't he? Yeah. And nobody calls him by his name. No. So far we've had JL, Admiral, Captain, Picard, Mister is the latest one. Yeah. 
And I was calling him John Luke. I'll tell you what we did forget to mention, Ooh. and it's not surprising because it only lasted about 0.3 of a second, was visiting the park and seven of nine. I mean, I can't understand how on earth we managed to miss that scene. No. It was, it so, was so long. thought out, wasn't it? Yeah, and, and heavy lifting. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ. Her and Eleanor are the most wasted characters in this entire season. Yeah. I think we turned up, they said hi, we said bye, and we left them... And guess what? They'll probably come to the rescue now that Picard's been imprisoned and they've sent Narek off to the Borg Cube to do whatever he's going to do. Rebuild it. I don't know. Now we're on the fact of the Borg Cube, right? This is the Borg Cube that has been destroyed by battles and we saw it in the last episode just rebuild itself. A potted plant has driven into the side of it. (laughs) <laughs> and it's destroyed it and it's now embedded in God knows how much sand and then as you say Robin Hood of the Woods El- Elron Enron El- El- Elroy <laughs> he turns up and then he go I've got to go now bye and then suddenly just waves from a distance having just kicked off not pulled off she kicks off doesn't she one of those uh, Romulans yeah and that was her entrance her entrance was kicking a Romulan off a ledge oh right, Picard and then- no 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 that, that wasn't her that was the fella who knows Lacutus you remember the fella on the bog who was like he's made Lacutus you remember me <laughs> What again? I asked that question at the time. The probability of him out of hundreds and hundreds of millions of Borg knowing Picard, right? Or Locutus at the time. He survived. All right. Last week, we had Hot Pants McGee, Leather Pants, yeah. killing umpteen XBs. And he's managed, where was he? He was in the stock cupboard with Dave going, <laughs> I, I should really be on the La Serena doing the cleaning. Oh, but by the way, do you know why I know Locutus? Uh, uh, I used to share the recharging point next to him. We held hands. He used to let me call him Loki <laughs> Loki because he was keeping a low profile it was, I, I thought that was really funny yeah he was made up him he's a supporting artist there he's like I'm on episode 2 get it on the IMDB kid. he'd have been particularly made up because all his mates were around him the ones who survived of course were all around him and he's going you see I knew him I didn't know. obviously Picard never said a single no, word he to this right he, he just looked at him and just ignored him like <laughs> see he knows me ever so close mate um, make it so um, I don't know him I've, I've never seen him I've been, never been in the recharge cube with him he did try to uh, talk to me in Asda I, I blanked him <laughs> I was glad Picard said to Elnor what he said because I, I like the Elnor character and I feel underwhelmed with how much time that character has had in this series. They've squandered him, haven't they? I'm not quite sure why Seven was welling up when Picard said that to Elnor. And again, I think she's been massively underserved because, I mean, she's played this role in this series brilliantly Absolutely. when she's been yeah. asked to do stuff. My main issue is that she's crowbarred in when it suits mm. and the storyline she's had in terms of this series not the background stuff mm. but this series bit has been pretty crap Absolutely. so yeah. she's she has polished the turd effectively yeah no I agree and she's still looking good Jerry you are still looking good give us an name of your personal trainer we need her oh him, my her. god yeah <laughs> just 1% of Jerry Ryan's personal trainer influence well the only Jerry I get near to is the Ben and Jerry but <laughs> 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 Who are not a sponsor? Yep, at thepodstation.co.uk. Picard Talk at thepodstation.co.uk. We're happy to take your money. We got carried away with the chunks there. <laughs> hey! See, if you sponsor us, you can have witty bants, advertisements like that. Amazeballs. Let's move back off the ball because I think we've given it more time than the actual time it had on yeah. the episode. Well, just to conclude, though, I would support Enron. L- L- en- Enron. I think that's a, a service provider. 
internet. They went bust, didn't they? Taking all the banks with them. Oh yeah, they did. Yeah. <laughs> Too soon? No. <laughs> I didn't have my money there. No, I so. didn't. You liked him, and I felt just in regard to his character from the beginning, how we set it all up. It kind of made the episode defunct, didn't it? Yeah. That's my thought on that. Seven of nine. Again, I can only conclude by supporting what you say, which is the history of her in Voyager. Several episodes, as you mentioned last episode, and how you were still finding out stuff about Worf in season seven of Next Gen. Seven of nine. Loads of story arc underused. I think Seven's going to end up having to do the Queen Borgy thing again. Oh, what Ben said. Cube. To be fair, every time she does the Queen thing, there's less of her to do. And I think the bigger risk is, of course, that the Borg are now on their way here. You said that, didn't you? You thought. So well, to give the listeners some context. Yeah, there. so evil Soji, evil sexy Soji, or Karma Sutra, as I shall now call her, Sutra goes, oh, you had an admonition. And she's like, I want to see this, because eyes can handle it. Yeah. Street. <laughs> yeah, well, she's evil, isn't she, so of course, she's, yeah. she's like blase I could do that does a mind meld with her now you see I suppose because we don't actually understand the workings of the fake idea that is the mind meld I'm a little confused as to how a synthetic can do it there's an easter egg that refers to her the Sorak mm-hmm. which I'll explain in the easter egg but the Sorak is like a philosophical book which was actually seen in the last episode on the shelf I forgot to mention it actually in one of the easter eggs but it's a philosophical book that must teach you about the Vulcans yeah it's a bit of a stretch I'll give you that it's a it bit of a stretch, stretch but let's go with it because what it's saying is anybody who studies Vulcan can um, do a mind th- meld yeah, which yeah. suggests that a human can do yeah now Maybe it's because the synth's brain is more developed Mm. and has greater capacity that it can cope with it. Again, let's just go with it. She does the mind meld and gets what is essentially the full story of what this vision was supposed to say. She understands it, doesn't she? And what it actually turns out is it's not what I said last week, which was a vision of what has happened in the past. It is actually a message from the Borg saying, you're a synth, we're a synth, we should get together and do synth things. Synth off. Oh, and by the... Yeah, have a synth off. And by the way, there's a load of organic things aren't going to like us because they ain't synth. And what we should do is we should just destroy them because then we can just do our synth thing all the time. Have they got a lisp? Yeah. That would be the best time to have a lisp, wouldn't it, when you were a synth? <laughs> I'm, well, a, I'm that, a synth. That'd be an imperfection. <laughs> That's true, kill them. So the ball could get right Would you be synthopathic to a synth? <laughs> Nice. It was basically the Borg saying, Hello. Uh, we're on your side, give us a shout, we'll come down, we'll team up, we'll be team synth, and we'll destroy everything else. And obviously evil Soji, who was clearly already evil. With less clothes on. Yeah. You can tell that, can't you? The less clothes you have, the more evil you are. It is. It's like a balance, yeah. isn't it? So she's like, yeah, I'm in on it, let's do it. Which is obviously teed up the Borg yeah. involvement, which is what you said. And I hadn't dismissed it because I thought there was a substance to that theory. I couldn't quite figure out how they would necessarily bring it in, although I did say were the synths like the next level of Borg, and it looks like that is now going to be the thing, isn't it? Yeah, it makes sense if the synths are the next level of, let's say, evolution for the Borg to retain perfection. That makes sense, doesn't it? And it's strange because the Borg wants the organic parts because there's elements of the organic beings that add to their collective, so it's kind of a bit of a contradiction in terms of what the Borg was saying in that message which is let's get rid of all the organics because we can be the best but actually the organics are the ones who are adding to that synthetic treasure 
chest of knowledge and experiences and emotions and all that mm. kind of stuff development see this is how we, if you interpret that to be the Borg message it makes sense to me but it also has value that what you're saying that if they are made up of organic which they mostly are with synthetic parts or whatever robotic parts to be completely synthetic would be the first time that's ever been mentioned in all of the history of the Borg they've always seen themselves as the perfect thing as they are now never been mentioned that they want to find themselves develop into a higher state the other thing that I thought was going back to a Discovery season 2 so listeners spoilers ahead if you've not seen Discovery on one of the episodes and I can't remember what it is there's a technology that's trying to invade yeah it's one of the later episodes I think isn't See, it it's season 2 isn't it but it looks like if people remember the Matrix it looks like one of those robotic arm thingies yeah I'm doing the motion with my arm here and it yeah, just doesn't translate you know, yeah. it doesn't not to a podcast <laughs> he's doing that you see whilst I'm doing my Macarena. Uh, my Tai Chi <laughs> moves it looks like he's pushing back crowds I don't think this is going to take on this body art movement on the no. podcast thing no, people are going to be like I have no idea what they're talking about just another theory is you mentioned it either last week or the week before where Discovery Season 3 is going to be in the future so ahead of where we are now in Picard and we see this robotic arm which is trying to download all their data because I think we made a joke about it and I wasn't sure whether it's that that's been seeking them out and we're thinking it's the Borg because it's the only thing they were presented with which makes sense but maybe it isn't maybe it's the synth and the Borg coming together to ultimately create that which destroys the things that then lead you into to Discovery Season 3, season three. Yeah, I think that's a, a fascinating concept makes and that would be interesting it ties us into Discovery it brings Discovery into the family properly it doesn't paint a happy picture for Season 2 of Picard no, does it no it's going to be a grim Dominion style war situation well it's going to be a Terminator yeah well it will style be, yeah. scenario isn't yeah. it well particularly as, as I said to you last week we've got the addition of Q to the Season 2 roster yeah Guinan and Q have both got heritage in the Borg stories seeing as it was Q who directly put them in touch with them but can't Q help fix things based on what we know right now noting that there's been 35 years change between now and where he is I think the problem is is fat Q <laughs> didn't he get thrown out of the continuum he did but he still has it he still, he still has his powers. powers wasn't there one episode on Voyager where he didn't have it and he was basically human yeah but did he, he get him back, back then? at the okay. end yeah. yeah he was probably playing wasn't he you know he did have him he's had him taken off him loads of times because they don't like his sympathy for humans mm. lovely character yeah great character but can fix it all so hopefully fingers crossed the shit it's to fan and in typical Star Trek fashion we undo find, it all we, we just find the right the person yeah. we find the right person the right time we find fat guy in fat Q in a bar didn't <laughs> team up with the Borg and lo and behold the synths are going to become the bad people and the Federation are going to ironically have to team up with the mad lunatic shit badge yeah. uh, save the universe by fighting the synths and the Borg instead I hope we get a big payoff for our investment in this well, that's my concern with the way it's going, which is arguably it's going to be quite an obvious mm. development at the moment. You can kind of see how it's going to pan out, which is they're going to fight each other. Soji's going to see the air of her ways. She's going to say or do something which will sacrifice herself but save the day. It will happen before the message gets to the Borg or it will close up whatever tunnel in space that has been created to transport the Borg to where they are yeah. and the Romulans will see that the federation were helping fight them at their time of need and so they will both stand down and there will be this sort of standoff but a, a mutual back to normal mm. romulans don't like federation federation okay. don't like romulans but 
nobody's going to start a fight today situation and we'll move on to season two i just hope that's not how it will go but that's kind of how it normally goes that's a decent thought it does look that the romulans are going to have to partner up because both the federation in fact and the romulan and we've said this a few times over this course of the podcast have diminished in their militaristic approach you know and so it makes sense for them to do that and what do we think this golem thing is we were surmising about whether this was going to be maddox i then suggested to you when it happened that sung who's obviously organic but he's very much on the side of the synths who seemed to be happy to have him along for the ride he's conscious he's still organic and based on the brief that they've given it don't look like there's any more places in the world for the organics so he's making a contingency plan which will effectively enable him to mind transfer into the into a synth yeah which will make him synth and also which will hopefully take him off the short list of people to die makes perfect sense because he also then saves Girati, doesn't he by proxy he does but i think that's because she has the skills the knowledge and the expertise to enable him to achieve what i've just said oh, absolutely i don't think that's because he oh, he's not to nice keep her around because no. he's a nice guy it's self-preservation he's manipulated her hasn't he in a way he's used her deep regret of killing the person she loved and he said well you can redeem yourself by doing one last thing and he's like oh yeah, yeah anything anything what, what is end it? the world for all organics because that'll fix it well she didn't know that bit that was the bit where he whispered he went everyone's gonna die if you're a human <laughs> she went what nothing what it is she was too distracted by the fake cat <laughs> she was stroking a pussy for ages and <laughs> You're a bad man, Latham. She was distracted by spot two. <laughs> Return of the cat. <laughs> so oh. he says so he said to her, you know, you can redeem yourself. Oh, Liam's gonna die. What? No, no, no. Just focus on this a minute. Got a golem here. You can do the brain transfer thing, because I need that to happen. And she's like, Yeah, 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 whatever you need. That's the only reason he saved her. And one thing that I would point out we have to hold Maddox accountable for is that when he decided to leave that planet, he left his porn video running on his desk, which is a complete waste of energy. And in this time of being environmentally conscious was a highly irresponsible thing to do because Picard's trying to throw out an SOS to Starfleet and all the while... The lights are flickering. There is this picture of Girati and Maddox getting it on fully and continuously, yeah. even to the point where when Soji and Girati are having a conversation later, it's still going on. I mean, that was a monster of a kiss. Well, you're a Harry Potter fan. That's kind of like one of the Harry Potter pictures, isn't it, where it moves or, you know, like in the gallery, all the paintings move. Yeah, it's the X-rated version of Harry you, Potter. Yeah, you get a bit bored of that happening all the time. If you had that as a screensaver and it was just you kissing entirely, I, most relationships don't last as long as that kiss. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it was just... <laughs> it, well, that's what exactly what it is. I mean, if you go to the pub with your mates and your screensavers, you and your missus necking oh. consistently, imagine the shit you get. Yeah. I, there's no way I get my phone out of my pocket, even in the remote radius of my pals, if that was my screensaver. Well, even if you just see public displays of, of affection, yeah, you'd be throwing beer bottles at them when you go, come on, mate, get a room. <laughs> and it's just sitting there. There's no one even in the room. That's his old room, and it's just left it running. That's what I mean. There. Switch it off. Yeah, switch. If you're out, switch it off. Yeah, clunk, click, every time. Oh, that's driving, isn't it? <laughs> we can make that square peg fit into that round hole, mate. Yeah. yeah, we'll force it in. A bit like Seven of Nine in this season. And also we'll um, make it Rios fit. with yeah. Girati. Yeah, we'll make it fit, don't <laughs> yeah. worry. Where there's a will, there's a way. So, yes. Um, Where there's a will, there's a pizza oven. And you also mentioned the slight naivety of the security services. Again, who are not Federation. <laughs> no, no. The synthetics seem to have adapted the same level of incompetency 
and lack of knowledge or effort to learn, adapt and develop when it comes to looking after prisoners because Narek, who didn't take a genius to see who's playing the wounded woe is me, help me card yeah. to lure people in. Or the could I use the toilet please, that classic one. Yeah, yeah, can I use the toilet please and then I'll stab you with whatever it is I've got. Well, obviously it was going to be the bluebird broachy thing. As, yeah, soo- yeah. as soon as the camera panned into I was like, that's going to be a weapon. She's dying. Yeah. I was wondering why we looked at a blue hummingbird on the chest. Well, it bore no relevance. It had nothing to do with a callback to anything. You zoomed in on that and then Pantanarik, who had that evil twinkle yeah. in his eye and I was just waiting for him to start, Giggling. you know, <laughs> twirling that moustache going, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, it's not QVC. You can buy it now for twenty nine ninety nine. <laughs> Maybe that is. Maybe it was a cheeky, <laughs> subversive branding advertisement yeah, yeah. for that product. Well, she did end up wearing it quite well, didn't she? Well, she wore it very well in her eye. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not glasses, mate. But I just felt for someone who is a synth, very naive, despite the fact that she clearly is in prison for a reason, and you just very quickly established the ability to manipulate and say, oh, I'm, I'm a bit thirsty. And she was about to get the bag, wasn't she, with this, whatever was in the bag. When he turns up and Soji sees, presumably said, who's this? And Soji went, well, let me tell you this story about this fella. He's like the super, super, super agent of secretness who hates synths. He got into my bed quite a few times, but that was all so that he could get information to come and kill you and then kill me. With that background in mind, probably better if we lock him up. And because he's a lying little bugger, uh, <laughs> maybe we should just leave him to rot in that prison cell where we figure out our next move. So what they do, they stick the dumbest synth they could find on the planet to stand in front of him going, uh-huh, uh-huh. Will you open the door? Uh-huh. <laughs> Water, you're saying? Um, can I borrow that phaser of yours? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. When she said, I don't know how we treat prisoners, how do Romulans do it? And he goes, I think we'll change the subject. <laughs> You see, that was another throwaway line, which I thought was just gold. Yeah. I thought that was brilliant. It's like, no, moving on. Yep. <laughs> Let's not look at that one, shall Don't we? compare how we look after our prisoners to what I want you to do with me. Yeah. <laughs> well, when Evil Soji got in there, I wondered what was going to happen. Well, flipping heck, yeah. I thought that was going a little bit deep and dark. It was daylight. There was no curtains. I thought they were going a bit alfresco. Hungry trousers. Yeah. <laughs> which is the name of my album. I'm interested to understand where that goes, because she obviously left let Narek go for a reason. It's not to the goodness of her own heart. No. Bearing in mind she's just declared war on all organics. It won't have been for a positive reason. No. I can't for the life of me fathom what it is that he's been asked to do because they've not infected him with anything. He can't be trusted so if they ask him to do one thing they can't expect that he's going to do what they've asked him to do. No. Is he a messenger? Is it one of those where you kill everyone except for one and then you send the survivor off to tell them that shit's getting real but why would she do that because she's going to go all universe destroyer mm. on everyone anyway so what does it matter in fact why would you give them the heads up well, you're going to yeah. do it a bit odd isn't it so I don't really know where he's going and on the basis that he's an ass, he's obviously an evil ass who can't be trusted I don't know whether he's going to become a good guy there's potential for his character to change isn't there which be a shame because it's a bit obvious is he going to become that really cheap pawn that average baddies are often treated as so he's sent to do a single job mm. and does it but dies whilst doing it and okay. that's kind of the end of that character 
So there's no weight, there's no complexities, there's just kind of nothing to it. He's just the person that flicks the switch and, you know, it all goes peak tongue. Like a James Bond henchman? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's difficult to tell with that. I don't really see where that's going and maybe that's a good thing because I don't know what's going to happen there. Yeah, his character has flip-flopped between good and bad. There's been elements when he was trying to seduce her and he was playing those ridiculous Mills and Boone ancient things with her. <laughs> Then he shot her, but then he shot her in a way that allowed her to escape. And then he goes, I love you. She's like, no, <laughs> no. And then locks her up. And then obviously a bad villain of her takes a fancy to him. And then now is he bad again? Now we've not really had a big bad in this season. So maybe now episode 10 will be the big reveal. Maybe. I've never bought into his character in the same way. I, I kind of haven't really bought into his sister until she started spotting the leather pants and just randomly shooting people like a super mega maniac. That's the only time when I've sort of gone, okay, you're a super bad person. So I can kind of see what you're there to do. He's... I don't know. I've just never... I think it's because all the Borg scenes, which largely involve his involvement in this story up to this point, were crap, and they were distracting us from the Picard bit. I've never enjoyed his part in this whole process. They could have done so much more with that. You know, Nerissa, who comes across as being potentially a good villain, as a femme fatale, Matt came up with a good thought, basically, but from his perspective, which is she's not necessarily bad, she's just trying to do bad things to get good outcomes. Well, based on what the synth's plan now is, it seems that Matt was absolutely right. In the hierarchy of villains, they're now moving down the pecking order, aren't they? Yeah. Even Narek isn't specifically that bad in terms of the greater bad. He's dangerous, though, because he can make a weapon out of the stitching in his pants. I wasn't sure what he was doing there, whether he was just trying to make a collage, he was just doing decotage. Platting. We've all been there. <laughs> what, when we've been in a prison cell yeah. picking the hole in <laughs> yeah. our pants? I mean, we mentioned this a bit earlier on. We seem to have got our Picard back. Yes. Our Picard. The old Picard. The one we love. Are you thinking about the exchange between him and Rafi? Well, there's quite a lot, really. When he rather bluntly declares to his crew that he's got a terminal illness and if anyone treats him any differently he'll be pissed, pissed off. off yeah i quite like that that was very picard yeah, I like that it was look don't worry about me but i also don't want any personal contact because <laughs> yeah. i'm emotionally inept yeah, so. don't hug me or i will taser you yeah <laughs> yeah that kind yeah. of thing which is very picard he was very picard to the sins and yeah. when he was talking to soji and guiding her and talking her through challenging some of the things she was saying i think he always half expected that she he was possibly going off on the wrong mm. tangent. So when she was talking about sacrifice and he was like, well, it all depends on who's holding the knife, doesn't it? You kind of got that wise vibe about him, which was good, mm. which is very Picard. Absolutely. And it was nice, the interaction with Raffi. That was a good moment. My issue with the Raffi bit is that she's had a real bean a bonnet with him mm. throughout all of this season. And it's understandable why she has, if you've read the book, like I have uh, <laughs> but it's kind of understandable that scene kind of cheapened that a little bit because she suddenly seemed to be going oh thank you Picard thank you thank you thank you and he hasn't really done anything because thus far he's emotionally blackmailed her into coming on the ship mm. he's shown little consideration for her issues her alcohol and drug yeah. issues in fact it wasn't that long ago that he was standing rather brutally clapping when she just isolated herself from another friend by calling in a favour yeah. via blackmail so he hasn't exactly been the loving mentor person that he was in the previous life 
So I don't know what it was she was thanking him for. However, I did like that scene because I like Rafi. She mm. carried it off perfectly brilliantly. Picard, we've got back our old Picard, we so are. he dealt with it Picard way, which was brilliant. I love the whole, I love you, JL, and then that weird pause thing. It's and a bit awkward. He, and then he sort of said it back on the way, you know, yeah. walking away. That Again, that was, it was nice. I think you've probably got more investment in Rafi because you've read the book. I have. You, you have, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't, wasn't certain. <laughs> You know what she's done for him. You were telling me while we were watching the episode. So for the listeners, if you don't want the spoilers, then I don't know. Tough. Skip forward a few seconds. <laughs> yeah, but it's not that big a spoiler, really. She's in security and she's a specialist in Romulan uh, culture and information. And when Picard is charged with the responsibility of saving all the Romulans and moving them out, he hires Rafi as his second in command because of her expertise and her knowledge throughout the course of this whole process. He's very heavily reliant upon her to sort out stuff while he dealing with the next problem and they are a great team and obviously when it first starts out he is this aura of the Captain Picard legend that is and so she's very much in awe of him Mm. and hangs on his every word and very much respects him as being the legend that he is it's a privilege and an honour to serve with him and so that was one of the main reasons why she basically sacrifices her family in order to, to help and work and serve with Picard and so when Picard quits he's kind of like pull the rug from underneath her she's she's now lost the family she sacrificed the family life mm. to be with the person who's now just upped and off skid from Starfleet and she's Left now gonna, she's now going to get sat by Starfleet because she's the right hand person to Picard who's just quit and the job and the process that she was doing now no longer exists so you know it, mm. it kind of all crumbles down before us so that that's where that relationship with Picard and, and Rafi comes from and you rather interestingly pointed out that the whole JL thing doesn't even gripe anymore no. it, it doesn't grind on us when we're, we're hearing it which I thought was an interesting development in their story arc because I know for us it was a bit disrespectful Mm. But then as the episodes have gone on and we've kind of seen how their relationship has flourished and developed, which is good writing, isn't it? I think you've read the book, haven't you? I have, yeah. She just starts using the phrase JL. Mm. There's no reason for it. She just uses it as an abbreviated version the same way as Beverly used to call him Jean-Luc. It still feels a bit weird and it mm. still feels a bit forced, but because the Rafi character, in my opinion, and if you disagree with us, let us know. In my opinion, the Rafi character is played so well yeah. and so naturally. I think she's able to pull it off without it irking me. Agreed. Well, that's why I think for the same reason she can get away with the witticism in a tough pinch. She's given all these hilarious, well, I find them quite funny. Yeah, they look, were. Uh, funny quips that allow to bring a little bit of lightheartedness to it, otherwise, in a serious situation, if you're about to crash through the outer atmosphere of planet completely I like her character yeah. and I think it's actually I'm glad to have been on the journey to see it unravel really well she's got the peace of mind now and I suppose Starfleet to a degree will have to recognise this which might make her life and her relationship with her kid a lot better because it has transpired that what she said i.e. that the Romulans were the reason why Mars happened yeah. has happened everyone who was calling her a mad kook conspiracy theorist now I sweet the own words actually she wasn't mad she nope. was right but she could see something nobody else could agreed so that'd be a good thing for her in moving into season two hopefully her contract's renewed and she's in it i well, hope so generally it would, hope it so. would make sense because you see again what it would then do is ground the story if she gets re-enlisted into starfleet and gets her ship then you've now got a reason how picard can get around i think the mermaid the last serena is, <laughs> is fucked i mean i really hope all of the crew 
make it through to season two because I want to know more about these characters. Mm. I like Rios, I like Rafi, I like Elnor. I want to know more about Gerati. I genuinely do think I've had me fill up Gerati. Yeah. I'm sick of seeing her cry. And even when she's not crying, she's all... I'm a bit fed up with that. So let's move her on. No yeah. offence to the actress. I just think the character's being written like a wet fart in the wind. Yeah, there's a reason why she was put in a deep, dark area of scientific research. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> she just gets everyone hacked off with all the crying. They went, can you just put her over there because she's just making me so sad? <laughs> Have we covered everything? That's kind of the full extent. The thing to be noted, the reason why this seems shorter than others is simply because it was a 47-minute episode, I think. Yeah. Wasn't our 56 or 57-minute one? No, it was quite short. And there wasn't an awful lot to it, really. They've just... A lot of generic stuff, wasn't there? A lot of generic yeah. stuff, and we've been set up for a big space battle. We've had the revelations of last week's one, and to the few questions that were being left in our minds from the earlier episodes so again it kind of gave a few more revelations but in terms of being packed with lots of different sub-narratives or subtext, there wasn't was there? One interesting theory is where does this put Commodore O? Because at the very end of this episode we see Commodore O referred to as Commodore O on the Romulan ship. Now bearing in mind she's a shit vag <laughs> uh, bearing in mind that's what she is using the reference to her position as Commodore seems wrong because the Commodore title is a Starfleet one. Correct. It seems odd that a Romulan vessel with Romulans on relating to a secret society that's got not to do with the Federation would refer to as Commodore. Here's my thinking that Commodore O was right with her interpretation of that vision. She knew it was a message from the board to get the synths on board to do exactly what we're now seeing. And actually Commodore O is legit Starfleet. Okay. She isn't a baddie. She's just been working with the shit Vag for the joint goal of making sure that this doesn't happen. And so he's referring to her as Commodore because she's not that bad person. And I appreciate there's a bit of a, a discrepancy there because Starfleet are coming as a squadron to save Picard, thinking that the Romulans are coming to destroy. But it wouldn't surprise me if Commodore O doesn't get in touch with Starfleet going, hey guys, just an FYI, this is to bring you up to speed. Bring all the ships because because you're going to be under my command and this is what we're going to do. And I wonder whether that's going to happen. Well, it makes sense. I mean, she has her foot is in firmly in two camps. She's Shatvaj, which means she has authority over Romulans from that point. And she's worked her way through the ranks to make Commodore. So she has a level of authority in that hierarchical structure. She can make decisions in both camps. She's touched the hoop to be part of the Shatvaj and she's probably kissed the hoop to get up the hierarchy at Starfleet. Hoopla! <laughs> yeah, so I think that's a good theory. Thank you very much. There has to be, doesn't there, for people to really want to buy into season two. There's got to be something devastatingly left at the end of episode 10. Yeah. This season hasn't been all bells and whistles and wonderful things and unicorns and rainbows. It's been quite gritty and dark, hasn't it, if you think about it? I think that's been one of the criticisms of fans that it's been a bit dark. I don't think necessarily... A no, it's not, but as you mentioned previously, in Deep Space Nine, when it was dark and gritty, you always had the fallback of the Starfleet crew mm. who upheld that more positive mindset and we're now getting that from Picard, but we weren't getting it from Picard. No. We've, so only, all bad, we've only started to now get it a bit more since his reboot mm. and that's good and if in season two it's still dark so long as that's the Starfleet positivity that's still hanging around it allows you something to keep hold of keeps you focused on hopefully that positive future that you're after one of the things that Starfleet has never been is inherently evil now that isn't to say there hasn't been elements of Starfleet offices or hierarchy who have been evil or wanting to do bad things for what they think to be the greater good but inherently Starfleet and its mandate 
States has been based on good ethics. Yeah. Have we got any Easter eggs from this episode? Having pointed out that it was shed low. Tell you what, use your very well-structured list to let me know all of the ones that I did see and probably the shed load of other ones I didn't. Warning! <laughs> <laughs> Warning! Not loads, I probably missed a few. Picked up on an early one, the chroniton field was mentioned, which is a subatomic particle used for Romulan cloaking devices, but it's also used for the Borg when they're travelling through the transwarp conduits to strengthen the hull. Cool. They have seatbelts on the mermaid. Yeah. Have we ever seen seatbelts before? No, and ironically, he'd always already performed one of those straight up, straight down manoeuvres before. Oh, we better put the seatbelts on. What, because nobody was thrown around during the first... Well, Gerati's under a table and he's like, do you know what? just sit in the chair we'll go with that one <laughs> in fairness to canon i'm just trying to think of when they did have seat on the enterprise d didn't they have the seat belts on when they were crash landing into the planet in generations no they did have them i'm just trying to think i'm just trying to nemesis with the e? yeah they, they, nemesis, they had they seat belts at some point but also jumping on to the jj abrams ones into darkness had yeah seat they belts. had the seat belts see i they? thought i'd seen them yeah but they never had them on next gen they've never used them in the times when they're being attacked by the Dominion, hunted down by the Jem'Hadar, never needed any seatbelts, being attacked by the Borg, and then they go, oh, uh, we're going into the outer atmosphere because there's a flower attached to us. Thinking about it, it is a major flaw in the previous series where Worf used to have to stand up at the back and he's getting thrown all over the shelf because he hasn't got a seat. And you're thinking, hmm, health and safety. He doesn't take a genius. Give him a seat. Give him a seatbelt. He'll be all right. Well, to be fair, what it does make a mockery of because this is going to get uber you know, and that's on you. <laughs> Inertial dampening fields is the reason why people don't fly across the ship. Yeah, but they do. Whenever there was like fights and consoles blew up, people got thrown around. Yeah, but not to the level of you being in a lift and being dropped from a hundred stories and then stopped immediately. Your face being splattered against the ceiling would indicate inertial dampening fields aren't working. Yes, they do rock around the clock, but they're not being splattered against walls. All right, Professor Latham. <laughs> oh, thank you. To continue, tri-dimensional chess sets as we enter into the uh, Capellius oh, station. Oh, they, they had loads of them, didn't they? Basically anything associated with data and next-gen, they were yeah. crammed in. Nicely you mentioned that. Spot two. Yeah. The return of the cat. <laughs> they could have given it a better name, to be fair, because nobody knows who Spot was. So they go, well, why have you called it Spot two? And they're like, well, do you not know Spot? No. Why don't you just call it Ben? Or Dave? <laughs> So, a bit odd. Again, what I think I said earlier on, we get the scientist soon, who's obviously conned into it to be Nunian Soon's son. It's good for fans, isn't it? Fans quite like the fact that we get to see Brent Spiner again. Yeah. We get Sutra's fascination with Vulcan culture. She uses the mind meld you mentioned before. Name drops Serac, which is Vulcan's most important philosopher, which might lead to the reason why she can mind meld. I'm not saying that's the fact case. However, it was seen in the original series for the first time in the Savage Curtain. So, for fans of the original series will be aware of that Borg cube appears from the Transward conduit we see the area where the sphere would pop out from anyone who's fans of the first contact film I know Big Ben was a fan wasn't he yeah. the med kit which you mentioned finds the old tricorder and also houses the next generation era hyperspray and dermagel which I don't recall anyone being given the dermagel do you yeah the gel, the gel was tended to be the rather sexual thing that T'Pol was rubbed all over her half naked body yeah 
Every um, time she's like, oh, you've fallen over there. I'm going to have to rub this on. Yeah, let's go in this really hot, sweaty room. You need to get naked. Make ourselves sweaty. Let's put very little clothes on and then rub this weird gel onto one another. <laughs> like, I've only got a splinter. No, protocol dictates if you look at bylaws. You'd be gutted as well if you were stuck in that room with Topol because just in your underpants and you don't have to do that job. It's like, okay, uh, I'm never going to be able to look you in the eye again. <laughs> Well, to be fair, you'd be massaging the bottom of her spine at the same time you're rubbing her shoulders. Yeah. It's like, have you got three hands? <laughs> oh, moving through for Leon. <laughs> Soji's home, we see after long last of being told about it, populated with... She's a- been banging on about oh, no, it. Yeah, it's like, come on, mate, come on, leave it alone. We get to see a lot of the androids, a lot of the identical twins, which kind of gives you the iMud vibe from... Well, you will be familiar with iMud simply because he popped up in Discovery. Mm. But because iMud had lots of androids as wives and things, it goes back to the iMud from the original series. The other thing we see, the yellow skin and the yellow pigmented eyes, similar to Data, so a little bit of a call back to Data. The last one, don't specifically think Easter egg, it just might be a coincidence. The tool that Rafi, when she's repairing Rios's ship, looks like the device used when the reporter is on the Enterprise B in one of the scenes of Generation. That was quite funny. What is it? Oh, it's just a thing that fixes stuff and how does it work well you just use your imagination it's like okay classic useful yeah is there an instruction book that comes with that (laughs) i also thought the uh, the crash ball cube had a very death star feel you know star wars thing of course gareth will be most happy with he will i've just watched the last one where you see it on the planet and it does gareth probably watching this episode <laughs> uh, so so yeah so that's all i have this week i've kept it short and sweet like the episode <laughs> fantastic where are you standing on this i'm torn on this one you're very logical in your rating you'll give it an eight based on something and give another one an eight based on something else because i don't do that i do a, a borg approach i'm a collective rater okay <laughs> <laughs> I give it a rating based on the the whole entirety of the episode, and so I'm torn. That's true. It's not episodic, is it? Because it's a series, Mm. and it's a longer story. I guess as more things are unveiled, does it add more quality to the episode because you understand more things? Yeah. Okay. And I throw in visual, I throw in like the effects, and does it tie into technology as we know it from where it sits and where they are in time? So what are you going to give it? I started giving it an eight. And then I'm kind of torn between seven and eight because it wasn't, although it had lots of revelations and we kind of definitely, definitely now move into the conclusion, it didn't seem to be as packed, if that makes sense. It just seemed to be we're on a planet with synths and okay, cool. It was a bit of an anticlimax. Yeah. I'm going to have to make a decision. Uh, well, I was, I was just about to say, I'm going to have to make you make a decision on this one. All right, Chris Tarrant. pounds. Do you want to phone a friend? Uh, well, you're here, so... <laughs> and I'm your only friend. <laughs> and also, you're on a standing order at the moment. <laughs> I'm going to give it a seven. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. To give it an eight, even though I think there was good scenes and everything else would be too generous there. So, seven. I think this was a very standard next generation away mission type episode that's what it felt like it was enjoyable because there was enough going on to keep me interested and there was enough development in the story to move it along at a nice pace so those are good things and so i enjoyed it it felt very star trekky i was happy with it it was a good use of my 45 minutes of life that's the positive the negative is for me it was very much giving us 
the answers to the questions that we already thought we'd already answered. <laughs> you know, so yeah. we foresaw it. It felt a bit like the morning before the big party. Yeah. Which I don't understand why TV shows do this. They kind of seem to slow everything down and dampen it down in the hope that when you watch the next episode and it's a bit more lively, you think, oh my God, that was super mega amazing. Yeah. Whereas I was expecting two super mega amazing things and I don't know whether that's just my expectations were too high and I felt it under delivered on that it's interesting you mentioned that because we kind of covered this last week because it has 10 episodes and the way it's viewed most TV shows and particularly in American TV have a mid-season break they have a hiatus where they shut down and in that mid-season break you have a huge cliffhanger don't you yeah which encourages people to bear with and keep going oh what's going to happen we haven't had that because we've had just 10 straight episodes where it's been gradually building yeah so I can see where you're coming from I'm going to give it a 7 the same way as you for me it's because it was a good next gen style episode it was a solid star trek episode it's not getting higher because i don't think it deserves it because when you're in the penultimate episode of the season Mm. there should be an awful lot more fireworks going on and i just don't think it quite delivered on that agreed i hope next episode that we have the the payoff i'm genuinely keeping my expectations quite low in the hope that if it is good it's gonna make me feel satisfied Mm. i have a horrible feeling it's gonna be a very Mm. it was good Mm. but it wasn't spectacular finish which is gonna be disappointing i think i don't mind it being okay if you know what i mean it's star trek and it's on me telly and I'm happy watching new Star Trek and I'll always be happy doing that so actually if it's just okay it'll be a good watch for another hour of my life and we get to talk about it and happy days however because it's Picard because you hold it so close you, you just want it to be amazing Absolutely. don't you no, I, agree. I, I, just worry, I just don't think it's going to be amazing I hope I'm proven wrong I would agree I mean that's why Discovery is a different show to watch because there's no actual connective tissue as such I know they're trying to fit it into canon with Picard there's lots of it so when you're watching it you have a predisposition position to what you want from that show yeah and that will be the problem similar to like when we go and see an mcu movie yeah we have a lot of connective tissue and go oh, that was such and such and that appeared in that one and, and we can talk about it till the nth degree and get excited about it yeah let us know what your thoughts are it's at picard talk on twitter there's a poll so let us know throw your comments on there we'll also be doing posts on facebook and instagram so you can throw your comments on there you can email us picard talk at the uk. if you enjoyed the show make sure you go back and listen to all the previous episodes like subscribe share with your friends all that shenanigans definitely listen to the shows because you'll know whether we were right exactly if you want to listen to other shows thepodstation.co.uk there's a whole plethora of them while you're locked inside your houses why else would you not maybe you want to try and do your own show now's as good a time as any to learn and have a go at doing it there's all sorts of packages again on the same website go and check them out £15 a month the lowest one up and certainly really yeah that's and like four thousand toilet rolls yeah and you can have your own say can't you why not challenge our position yeah have a go we're quite happy patreon.com forward slash the pod station chucking a book yeah this is not a fresh air show we give you a lot of stuff it takes a lot of time and effort into put all these shows up for your benefit why not support us personally that'd be cool and yeah that's about it really i hope hopefully you've enjoyed the show guys and we'll see you for the big finale next week yeah don't miss the tune in next week with our final show (sighs) we'll look forward to seeing you next week guys thanks for listening bye make it so number one (laughs) 